check out my new book, Coping Courageously, a heart-centered guide for navigating a loved one's illness without losing yourself. It's appropriate for you as a clinician, for your patients, and for anyone you know who has a seriously ill loved one or an aging parent. Check it out and tell a friend. I'm Dr. Delia Caramonti. Welcome to the Integrative Palliative Podcast, where I give physicians who care for people with serious conditions the tools they need to help their patients thrive at any stage of illness. My motto is whole person care for people with serious illness using all the tools that work. This approach is the ultimate win-win because patients are happy and physicians enjoy practicing medicine again. There is a better way and we'll find it together. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about teaching medical learners and specifically five common mistakes that you can avoid when you're teaching medical students or residents or fellows or attendings. The first one is a simple one, but it's important. The first mistake that we can make is that we start out the talk anxious, because when you first go up on stage, the audience is a little nervous, and they're trying to figure out are you going to be good? Are you going to be awkward? And that's going to make them feel awkward. So if you start out calm and engaged, then your audience is more engaged. And when the audience is more engaged, it's more fun for you when you relax and they relax and the whole experience is better. So intentionally working on your anxiety before you get up there to speak is pretty important. One of the simplest things we can do for that is just to do some specific relaxation focused breathing. And what we do for that is instead of breathing quickly into our chest, we try to deepen our breaths deeper down towards our diaphragm and slow down our breathing and make the out breath, the exhale, longer than the inhale. So on purpose, breathing in slowly, trying to breathe deeper and breathing out even longer than we were breathing in. That's the first thing we can do to help our anxiety. The second is self-talk, just talking to yourself and saying, you know the stuff, you got this, this is a talk you've given before, it's no problem, that can be helpful. Before you go out there doing some sort of either power pose where you have your arms over your head or you have your, your hands on your hips or some sort of open chest pose. So instead of being like forward slumping shoulders where your chest is contracted, putting your shoulders back, opening up your chest, you can take deep breaths. That can help um, help us feel sort of powerful and in control and relaxed. And memorizing your first line, I think is pretty important. So whatever is going to be my first line of my talk, I always memorize because if you go out there and you're nervous and you fumble in the beginning, then you get more nervous. Whereas if you go out there and you know exactly what to say and you start then usually you're fine. So when you're talking, if you can find one friendly person in the audience who's nodding and you've already memorized your first line, so you say your first line, you look at somebody in the audience, see that they're nodding and that gets you going so that you can, you know, you can feel confident in your talk. So that's number one mistake that people make is to start out anxious, but there's things we can do about that. Mistake number two is that we sometimes tell the audience what we know instead of what the learner needs to know. And that's probably of all of these, the most important thing, which is instead of us trying to show how smart we are, we really should be thinking about what does this learner need to know? And it's different depending on the audience. So medical students need to know different things than family doctors who might need to know different things than rheumatologists for example. So we should really be thinking about what does this learner need to know? What do we want them to leave with and target how we speak to that 
rather than, you know, showing what a great lab we have or how many uh, studies we've read to show, make ourselves look smart. It's really important that we're speaking in order to make change in the learner. So that's the second thing. The third mistake that we may make is bringing who we think we're supposed to be instead of who we actually are. So sometimes when we're giving a talk, especially if it's a big talk, we may, you know, put on this armor kind of like, I am a professor and look how important I am. And this is what I want you to think about me. And or particularly if we're insecure about where we are in our professional path, we might, you know, try to appear bigger or more tough or more experienced than we actually are. And that's actually a mistake in terms of connecting with the audience. It's much better to just bring the self that we are. If you're giving a talk, you know enough. Somebody asked you to give this talk. That means you should be giving the talk. You know enough to give the talk. And it's really okay and even preferable just to bring ourselves, bring who we are, and that helps us connect with the audience. And when we connect with the audience, then we feel more relaxed. We give better information that they can receive better because there's a connection between us and the audience. So that's important. Number four mistake that people make is sometimes we use too many words and specifically too many words on the slides. We've all been to talks where the information is crammed onto a slide. So it's a really busy slide. We can't pay attention to what they're saying because we're trying to read the slide, but we can't even really read the slide because the font is too small. Really for the bigger bullets, you never want the font to be smaller than 24 point and the smaller bullet should never be smaller than 20 point. Ideally, they would be even bigger than that. So really try once you do your first draft of your slides to go back and look at them and just take out a lot of stuff. If there's extra words, things that you can narrate but don't need to be on the slide, take those out. You can put notes for yourself in the bottom if you're using PowerPoint or a similar kind of uh, program. You can put notes for yourself about what you want to narrate if you need that. But don't put all the words that you're going to say on your slide. So don't just read your slide. You can have bullets for the audience to see and to help you remember, but you shouldn't be putting all the words that you're going to narrate on your slide, just bullets. So that's a mistake that people very commonly make. And also, if you're putting up graphs or other information, make sure it's big enough that the audience can read it because otherwise it's really not helpful and it's just kind of frustrating and distracting for the audience. And the fifth mistake that people can make is to not tell the learner what the learner should take away from this talk. So remember, we're doing this talk because we want to make some kind of change in the learner. And so we should know what it is. And if we don't know what it is, we should figure that out before we start giving this talk. We need to know what do we want this learner specifically to know, not not just like, oh, I want them to know all about hypertension, but what do we want to have the learner pull away from this talk? And once we know what it is, we should tell them what it is. And so you can do that with a summary slide, but your summary slide is not just a bunch of bullets repeating what you previously said. Your summary slide, if you're going to have one, should really be what you've thought about if you as you've gone through the whole talk and decided these are the things I really want you to know. Or sometimes as you're going through the talk, you might say, if you remember one thing from this talk, this is the thing that I want you to remember from this talk. So we need to figure it out and then we need to tell it to our audience because our goal, and this is what I want you to get from this podcast, our goal is to make change in the learner, not just to make ourselves look smart. Okay, so your homework 
this week is if you're going to give a talk, of course, you should be thinking about these five things, but probably the most important thing if you're giving a talk this week would be to check what the change is that you want to happen in the learner. So if you're giving a talk this week, your homework is to be specific in your mind. You should be able to write it down. It should be that clear. What is the change you want to make in the learner? And then if you're not giving a talk this week, then I would love it if you would practice decreasing your anxiety when you get nervous about something. So if you're presenting in a meeting or you have to see a difficult patient that makes you anxious or um, you have to have a difficult conversation with someone, anything that makes you anxious, see if you can practice this idea of taking some relaxation breaths, talking to yourself, self-talk, you can do this, you've got this, just get through it, it's okay, you can do it, opening up your chest so that you get some good deep breaths, putting your hands on your hips, memorizing the first thing that you're going to say when you walk into this experience or conversation. And if you go through your entire week and you have nothing at all that makes you anxious, then you have no homework at all. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much for being a part of this movement of whole person care for people with serious illness. Together, we can create more satisfied patients, more satisfied docs, And please, if you know other physicians who you think might enjoy this podcast, please let them know because I want to grow our community. Thanks so much. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Integrative Palliative Podcast brought to you by the Institute for Integrative Palliative Medicine. If you found value in this podcast, please share with a friend or a colleague, subscribe or leave us a review. And to learn about upcoming integrative palliative educational programs or get on the waiting list for our next Physician Scholars program, go to www.tiipm.org and sign up and I'll see you next week.